your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. The Ukrainian army says it's regained ground against Russia. Is this a sign of significant progress in their war effort? And could we see an end to this war anytime soon? Well, we have retired Colonel uh, Limerick's Colm Doyle with us now to give us some perspective. Morning to you. Good morning, John. What's your analysis then of what you've seen and heard over the last few days? Well, I think everybody's been caught to a degree by surprise with this because uh, Ukraine seems to have made good gains on a counteroffensive against the Russian occupation, uh, particularly around the, the city of Kharkiv. And uh, I noticed that the UK's latest defence intelligence reports indicate that, you know, Ukraine has now liberated an area greater than the size of London. Now, of course, this is difficult to establish when, when you don't have journalists in place. But certainly um, the area of Kharkiv, including places like uh, Kupiansk and Izium, have been taken back by the Ukrainians. So the morale of that in itself uh, is notable. And also it is notable that for the first time uh, the Kremlin has admitted that the plan isn't working as was envisaged. And that is certainly something to be taken into consideration. And do you think that there are Russian soldiers who are just deciding, ah, we've had enough of this, we're going home? Well, you see, when the Russians initially went in about six months ago, there was a lot of conscripts uh, amongst the Russian army. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how long they were going to be there for. Uh, They weren't being commanded by competent military commanders because you may recall six months ago there were huge convoys of Russian tanks just held up uh, outside the capital of Kiev because they had overrun their supply lines. So um, there was also a rumor that the Russians that came in from Belarus uh, had been so cold during the winter, being there for so long without moving, that they began to sell the petrol that was inside the tanks to be able to sustain themselves. So, I mean, if you go in with a military force, it has to be well-equipped, it has to be well-commanded, well-organized, and well-sustained. And this appears not to have been the case with the Russians. So they certainly have had met setbacks. As well as that, I think Russia completely underestimated the will of the Ukrainian people to defend their territory. They underestimated the the loyalty and the charisma of uh, Zelensky, the president. And they certainly underestimated the unity with which the European Union were going to counter this because the sanctions came in very fast. And Putin was really cut off foot. Uh, He thought he was going to be, you know, uh, met with chocolate and roses. And it just hasn't happened. So the entire Russian plan hasn't worked as envisaged. And that has been a constant problem for them. Right. Now, from your experience in the Balkans, you'd certainly recognise a war crime when you saw it. Do you think the Russians are committing war crimes in Ukraine? Yes, I had no doubt about it. I mean, we saw the incident um, again within about the second month of the war in Bucha, where we saw, you know, people had been, bodies were seen on the streets, and the bodies were proved to have been killed before the Russians withdrew from that town of Bucha. So there were war crimes. We saw the attacks on uh, kindergartens, on schools, on residential areas where there was no military target. And um, I think that will come to be proven. So once war crimes are committed in these territories, the international community suddenly gets very, very interested. 
And I think this is where Putin eventually is going to have to be called to account. Right. I mean, I don't know the first thing about soldiering, but I, I would think that it, you know, a young person, a man or woman, joining the Russian army doesn't join us thinking that they will end up committing war crimes and dishonouring themselves in the uniform in that way. Well, you see, if you have a soldier who's not properly trained, he gets a, he gets an order from a commander, uh, and who knows what sort of orders were given out uh, to, to these young troops. Uh, again, I go back, this was a war that was decided by the president of Russia. It's his army. He sent them into a sovereign and independent state, and therefore he, at some stage, has to be called to account for his actions. So whereby you'll have individual acts of war crimes committed by soldier, uh, the person who must be called to account are the commanders and in turn the political leaders, and that goes to the very top. Right, and, and that's similar to, and you know, you ended up giving evidence yourself at the war crimes tribunal in The Hague, not that I think we're ever going to see Vladimir Putin anywhere near there, but it, it, it's, it's a similar um, argument. Yes, I mean, the, the, the war crimes tribunal in The Hague indicted um, 165 personnel, and every single one of them were, were actually taken in at some stage. Now, of course, you're not going to be able to take somebody like Putin in unless he is overpowered or unless he leaves the country because he can be arrested in any place. But um, I think the International Criminal Court now has moved very quickly inside the territory of Ukraine, and there seems to have been very good evidence that war crimes have taken place. And if that is the case, then they will build up the uh, the evidence as well as they can in order at the end of this conflict to be able to take action against those who, who uh, countervene the Geneva Convention. Okay. Now, I mean, here in Ireland, uh, and maybe we should give ourselves a bit of credit for this, there's been extraordinary generosity shown by the state and many individuals in Limerick and around the country to uh, try uh, and uh, give safe haven to Ukrainians uh, who would much prefer to be at home this autumn than in yes. a country that they've never been in before. Um, uh, but, Colm, I mean, is Vlad mad? You know, c- could he, if cornered, use something like nuclear weapons? Well, I think that is one of the dangers now. I mean, when the Kremlin admits for the first time that, the, that you know, the actions in Ukraine are not going exactly according to plan, the next question is, how is the president of Russia going to respond? And we have the danger of the, the nuclear, the nuclear power station at the moment, um, where the, uh, international, um, you know, the, the, the Atomic the, Energy Agency, the yeah. Atomic Energy Commission, uh, have indicated that this is serious. Now, what, what the overall objective will be in that, I, I really don't know, but Putin has got at his command, the nuclear arsenal. And that's the great danger. And who knows the mind of this president as to whether or not he may have at some stage to resort. But there are some areas of Putin that have never been explained. And he's always been able to get out of any of these tight corners he seems to be in. But at this stage now, the Russians are looking for ammunition from a place like North Korea. That doesn't give the message that they're up to date on, you know, uh, weapon systems to the degree that West may have thought. Right. And one other question then, um, you know, this is 
significantly affecting every one of our listeners because yes. it's the main factor in driving you know in energy prices, which is leaking into cost of inflation. So you know we're all suffering at a remove from this war. Is there any hope of a resolution soon? That's very difficult to answer, Joe. I mean, nobody has the magic wand in this. Uh, Putin has surrounded himself with his own people who do exactly as they are told by him. Uh, The Russian people in general, uh, as yet, have not turned against the president. But I think there will become a time, and it may be not that far off, when a huge amount of Russian families are saying, where are my sons? who joined the Russian army, why have they not come home? Because the Russians do not understand that a huge amount of Russian troops have been killed in this conflict. And you may remember when the nuclear submarine, the Kursk, sank. It was about a year into the reign of Putin. And it was the family of the crews that suddenly got the publicity when, in an open forum, they faced the Russian president and said, where is my son? And that is something which may at some stage change, you know, the philosophy of the Russian people. But on the other hand of it, the Ukrainians have showed immense bravery. Uh, They have united uh, with their president and the morale of the Ukrainians has been unmatched, I think. And the more that they make gains on the ground, the greater will be the you know the determination for them now one of the big dangers in this is that you know the danger for ukraine in gaining this territory might now be a little bit similar to the one russia faced in the early stages of the war in other words advancing on multiple fronts can prove costly in terms of ammunition and equipment and troops because the bigger the gain the longer the supply lines Mm. And then that can be targeted by a defender. So the biggest objective now of the Ukrainians is to be able to sustain what they've already achieved. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for that really uh, illuminating analysis, uh, increasing our understanding of what's happening there. It's in the news all the time, but sometimes it's hard to keep track of it for sure. Uh, Thank you to retired Colonel uh, Limerick's Colm Doyle this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.